is up, everybody? This is Angelo coming at you with Spinning Thoughts. Happy fucking New Year 2019. We are here. What a time to be alive. This is the very first episode of the New Year, episode 159. And we've got fucking Hawthorne Heights jamming in the background of this intro. I'm, I'm just getting stoked. New Year, same podcast, and still a shit ton of swearing. Everybody, welcome to episode 159 of Spinning Thoughts. We have premiere episodes every single Thursday at midnight Eastern on Adobe Radio. Thank you to those who stay up nice and late to check us out. Those episodes drop on all podcast platforms the following Monday. If you missed the news alert in, you know, CNN, uh, you know, whatever other news and shit there is, uh, everybody was reporting on it. AP, Kerrang, everybody reported on it. If you missed it, shame. But recently, Spinning Thoughts, we've officially been added on Spotify every damn episode over 150 soon to be over 160 episodes we're two years into this magical journey and now you can you can fucking jam it anytime you want via spotify please go give it a follow share it with some friends my goal is to have more collective listens in 2019 than the entire discography of state champs so only you and me, only we can do this together. Follow us on Spotify now for every single episode. Every episode is available on the podcast platforms the following Monday after our Thursday premieres on Adobe. We're on Twitter at Spin Thoughts, and our website is thespinningthoughts.com. We are ramping up for a very crazy, in a good way, Uh, 2019, there's a lot of new music that's already in the goddamn works and concrete and ready to go, just ready to be listened to so that we can enjoy another amazing year in music. 2018, you were awesome, but you're in the past, and here we are now in 2019. Really stoked uh, to talk about all the new stuff happening here in 2019, thespinningthoughts.com. Over 20 contributors that are going to be rocking and rolling here in this new year. All for you. Free music content. Thank you for being here for episode 159. It's going to be really awesome. We're kicking off this new year with a hell of an episode. Uh, As you are getting more familiar with our, uh, you know, we call him our Canadian contributor. But, you know, I, I, I feel like we don't need to be so specific uh, because, you know, Dan, he's just, he's he's a friend, but Canadian contributor Dan Boyer, he attended the 15-year anniversary tour for Silverstein's debut album, When Broken is Easily Fixed. Uh, his, his date was at the London Music Hall in London, Ontario. He had the opportunity to sit down and talk to two really goddamn amazing bands. Uh, one of those bands is Capstan, and if you haven't heard of them, Yeah, you're going to love them. You're just going to goddamn love them. And if you do know of the band, then that's probably why you're tuning in. And of course, a band that I've been jamming to for so many years, Dan also got to talk to Hawthorne Heights. And again, this was uh, both those bands, uh, As Cities Burn, I believe also, they're supporting Silverstein on their 15-year anniversary tour for their debut album, When Broken is Easily Fixed. So here soon in episode 159, we're going to jam out those interviews that Dan had with Capstan and Hawthorne Heights. But before we do, you know, I just want to, you know, hey, we're a podcast and there is like a set of topics that you just have to cover. New Year's is going to be one of those. I get it. It's January 3rd. If you're an all-star listening to us, at the premiere of this episode, but I am going to talk about New Year's quickly. Now, I'm not a fan of New Year's resolutions. I mean, if you do them, that's great, but me personally, I just don't make them for myself. But now, you know that we have spinning thoughts that I'm running and loving by the way. You have to kind of set some goals, long-term, short-term. There has to be expectation. There has to be things to accomplish. So, 
here's just a quick little uh, random list of shit that I'm hoping that I and my, you know, myself, me, what's the proper word, whatever, fuck me. I hope that I accomplish and spinning thoughts uh, here in 2019. So first of all, uh, I want to support even more bands than we did last year. I want to ensure that there's more diversity and inclusiveness uh, and finally uniqueness in the music and bands that we're talking about. All of this content that we've been doing for the last two years, and you can find all this stuff on our website, thespinningthoughts.com. Not only is it free, but it's all original content. We're not recycling shit here. We're putting uh, our thoughts and opinions with facts, backed by facts, into what we do in our reviews, in our concert photography, in our interviews. Everything is original. We want to give you shit that you can enjoy and not have to worry about paying for. Uh, Support the bands, you know, give them the coin and we'll just talk about them together. I hope you're down with that. And, uh, you know, I also want to get our asses on uh, a different like smart devices like, uh, you know, the uh, I can't say the words because I have them near me. Uh, What Amazon does that that dot. I can't say the A word or the D word. It sounds so dirty Um, or no E word. Yeah, whatever. It's so confusing. There's words I can't say anymore now because I always have something listening, those little devices. I want to get spinning thoughts on the Amazon like skills page and give, I don't know if it's going to be daily or weekly updates or whatever the fuck we're figuring it out, but I think it's going to happen in 2019. The wheels are already turning. We've already established uh, essentially what we're doing. It's just got to get approved and then it's going to happen. So we'll tell you more about that. There's a lot of things we want to do, but ultimately, I hope to just create conversations, make some friends, uh, and and just hopefully be a positive force here in 2019. We're on Twitter, at SpinThoughts. If you're not following us, I encourage you to do so. Shoot us a DM. I literally run that shit and look at that stuff all day. I love talking to people. Shoot me a DM if you ever need anything. You know, just like uh, somebody to vent to, talk music, a recommendation, Whatever it is. Finally, before we dive into this epic episode, again, we're going to be hearing from Capstan and Hawthorne Heights via uh, Mr. Dan Boyer, who attended the 15-year anniversary tour for Silverstein's uh, debut album. I just want to talk real quick. This we, We've never really been sponsored here at Spinning Thoughts. Again, we try to just make shit original, fun, and creative. So this is not a sponsor. The only sponsor I'm going to accept is Little Caesars. If you don't know that about me, then you you need to listen to some older episodes. I don't talk about it as much anymore. But uh, Little Caesars, if you're listening, I would take a sponsorship from you any goddamn day. You're my favorite pizza, and I love you to death. Uh, but I do want to talk about a, a piece, uh, like a, an item I purchased over the holiday that has become my favorite thing Ever And I'm curious if anybody else has one or if you think I'm so crazy for putting out $80, $80 for this thing. It is an ember mug, uh, like an ember ceramic mug. Essentially, it is like a smart mug. It has the ability to maintain uh, a specific temperature that you designate via a smartphone app. And essentially it has an internal battery that doesn't last long enough in my opinion, but it has a coaster that charges the mug. And uh, I'll tell you, if you drink a lot of coffee, which I do, if you could tell in these interviews, I'm always fucking hype. Uh, if you drink a lot of tea, if you, if you like any warm beverage, this mug legitimately is the coolest thing in the world because it keeps everything perfectly hot. I like my shit it, like right when it comes out of the, the uh, coffee pot. I want it to be that hot from the start all the way to the finish. I don't think I've ever spent a better $80. This mug, I'm drinking coffee at seriously 11 o'clock at night just because I want to use this damn thing. It's crazy. I love it. Does anybody have one of these or am I just straight cray cray for dropping $80 on this uh, smart mug? Let me know on Twitter at spin thoughts and Basically, that's what I've got to say about my holiday and this new year, 2019. Stoked to kick it off with episode 159. Dan is going to give us some interviews with Capstan and Hawthorne Heights. 
We have premiere episodes every single Thursday at midnight Eastern on Adobe Radio. Those episodes become available on all podcast platforms, including Spotify. Every single Monday, you can subscribe for free, so why not? And we're on Twitter at Spin Thoughts. Our website is thespinningthoughts.com. We just talked about uh, bringing in this new year, and we're going to, you know, just put that to bed and move on with our lives now. We're back into the groove. So stoked to be, like, back in this music grind. It was a lonely couple weeks there. The the industry just kind of slows down, uh, you know, over the December month, but we're here and we're ready to go. During that you know, slow month though. There were still bands grinding. Capstan and Hawthorne Heights were two of them uh, amongst many others. And Dan attended the uh, show where they played in support of the 15-year anniversary for Silverstein's debut album, When Broken is Easily Fixed. We're going to check in with the convo Dan had with Capstan first, and then we'll talk to Hawthorne Heights a little bit later. But everybody, this is Dan and Capstan. Enjoy. Hello, Dan Boyer, Canadian contributor for Spinning Thoughts, and I'm here with Boz and Joe from the band Capstan. What's going on? Hey, what's up, man? Doing good. Thanks for having us. Absolutely, absolutely. So you guys are here uh, in London, Ontario, Canada. We are sitting in a vacant Rum Runners. Uh, You've just played the adjacent venue, London Music Hall, opening uh, the tour that's come through tonight, which includes Silverstein, Hawthorne Heights, As Cities Burn, and yourselves. Yes. So, um, talk about the experience thus far. Um, well, I, I would really honestly say it's just been amazing all around. Obviously, uh, this is a significantly larger tour than anything we've done in the past, and uh, the reception we've gotten from the other bands and um, the way they've treated us and really kind of all around taking us under their wing has been really incredible and uh, the vibes have just been excellent and um, yeah it's flew by like we've got four days left now and it seems like yesterday we left Florida so yeah it's been great nice he uh, he hit all the good points I think one thing that I would add to that would be the feel like this is finally the show we finally have made it to the big leagues. And not that we're signing that multi-million dollar contract or with a star player on the team yet, but it's just really exciting to finally get that call up, if you will. That's what I was just going to say. It's kind of like being called up from the minor yep. leagues, like baseball or hockey. Yeah, or and, and a couple of us are really big sports fans. It's a silly analogy, but I kind of relate it that way. And this is the first really big, serious cross-country club tour with bands that like we looked up to. Absolutely. Growing up, and Absolutely. it really is like an honor. It's like a young kid coming to play with his his favorite player growing up, but now he's the young, you know, yes. the young player. Yeah, it's like the rookie yep. on the ice with the veteran, with yeah. with the vet that's <laughs> been there for years. And we definitely feel like that, but it's just. It's special. It's yeah. really special. Oh, absolutely. For sure. For sure. Because, I mean, I'm thinking about this is the 15 year tour yep. for When Broken is Easily Fixed, Silverstein. And you guys were probably in grade school. I right? was 15, I want to say, when I first heard that album, which would have because been. Because we heard it a little two later. Two years after it came out, 2005. And uh, I just remember hearing Smashed Into Pieces and being like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> I we, love this. We all went through that like transition phase. I think individually at different times, but we also went through that transitional phase of like discovering post-hardcore. Yeah. And this was one of those records, especially when Broken is Easily Fixed, not to mention when Hawthorne Heights yeah. came out with their groundbreaking record. Like those were both in one way or another very influential for us. Absolutely. So pretty for crazy sure. that like we're here. And yeah. like it's just it's <laughs> a lot yeah. Yeah. on this tour. So so let's let's rewind the tape the tape back. Tell me, tell me your first, like, what's your first music memory or, like, the first record you owned or the first show that you went to or, like, what was the thing that ignited your passion uh, for music? That's such an awesome question. That is a great question. Honestly, I mean, for that time era, like, I think the first album I ever bought before I started getting into that scene I was like 13, and I think it was Pearl Jam's 10. Nice. <laughs> but then after that is when I started to discover like these bands, like Hawthorne and Silverstein. And uh, 
Yeah, honestly, uh, Silence in Black and White was like a big album for me when I was, you know, that age. And, and uh, But also a few others that kind of, I mean, obviously, My Chemical Romance is a big one for me. That's of like course, one of, yeah. you know, Three Cheers for Street Revenge is also one of the albums that really got me into that kind of sound. Yeah, yeah. And for me personally, I grew up in a family. My dad always had oldies and classic rock playing. Right. And it was very... It was very known in the family that there were some musicians. My uncle Dan moved out in the 70s and, and did the thing in L.A., you know, was in bands on MTV and stuff. And so I think from a young age, for me, when I knew, like, that, like, I liked to sing, I did choir and stuff with music, there was, like, a spark there always. But I think really what drew me in was when I started to take notice of bands, uh, and, and I would say specifically it's hard to remember who, but it was that era of like when I first heard Blink and Green Day yeah. and Jimmy Eat World. And then I, what drew me to them was they just looked like a kid like me, mm-hmm. just a little older. They, they fucked around, they did whatever they wanted, but they were having fun. And while I knew rock and roll and I loved music and singing, that was the first time, you know, those, those mid to late 90s. Was where it really started to become, I want to play an instrument, and I think I can do that. And I think a lot, I speak for a lot of kids in this genre of music you do. that was sparked by that, and then it just grew from there. And the, I was one of those Warped Tour generation, those, those g- generations of kids where that, I started going, and then I realized it's much more than just these MTV, radio, punk bands. There are more bands doing it. There's more to it. on down the line, man. Yeah, it starts to sure. open you up into all the other types of bands that are vaguely associated with And then you realize you really, oh, I really could do that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> maybe now. Not like, I may not be on MTV, you know, but you see like, shit, man, this is a real possibility. This to, could be viable. Yeah, yeah. Even if you're not like making a living, it's just, it was always about having fun and, yeah. and just doing something that you felt like you wanted to do. Too many people lose the fact that they don't do things they don't want to do. Yeah. And we're still at that age, you know, mid to late 20s where we're like, we still want to do this. Absolutely. And, and yeah. it's still fun. 100%. And this is what we're about. You yeah. Know? And your horizons just kind of broaden out. And here really we are. weird, yeah, how yeah. fast it's happened now. For so. sure. For sure. So, so tell, me, um, tell me the story of Capstan. Tell me the story of how the band came together. Um, you're built from Orlando... Florida, Um, but I understand that people are from different places and such. Yeah, you're right, man. So, so talk to me about that. Like, just tell me the story of Capstan. How did it? How did it happen? How did you all? It is uh, come together. It's It's not like a lot of normal (laughs) bands at all. I'll actually start it because then Joe can finish it. Uh, I was in school at Michigan State, and my best friend Harry was down in Orlando at school, and we had forever talked about you know since we were 15 started playing music together that we wanted to be in a band together. Uh, Fast forward to about midway, let's say through school in those years, Harry met a guy, Anthony, who ended up being our lead singer down at school, who I ironically used to go see his bands in Michigan at the Modern Exchange Lounge, even though we were the, uh, the same age, he was in a band at the time I really like looked up to, and he only lived like 10 houses down from my cousin Adam, who they like knew each other. What are the chances? Yeah, some and, and small world some shit. Some small right world there. shit. And, <laughs> and so my best friend, Harry, goes to Orlando and then just ends up meeting this guy. And it's just like, what the heck? That is not only weird, but then Anthony was a drummer, ends up becoming the vocalist. They're doing like a recording project. Scott and Harry knew each other, who Scott's our drummer. Um, before that Capstan even started. And Harry's like, I think I got the perfect drummer. Boom, Capstan was formed. I didn't really join the band until after college. I was doing other things with other bands, but we kind of knew the writing was on the wall that after school, I'm going to move down. And to me, I like to think like it was the first week of 2014 when I settled in. I was like, I think this is going to be a thing. Joe joined roughly a year later. Like... It, it, close to like eight months. Like uh, I joined August after uh, the January that he moved down. I uh, we all had moved into the same house by that point, and we met him through friends of friends. Yeah, and, and um, um, our I just, old bassist was a nurse, 
And so when he, I was playing rhythm and he was, uh, he finished nursing school, or I guess. So he had to bow out to continue his career, career and yeah. get real serious about that. You know, that's what he wanted to do. And uh, so I kind of just, uh, I've always played guitar, but uh, I kind of stepped in on bass because he, he left out. and Just then, to um, fill in at the time. Yeah. And, and then uh, we started to kind of develop the idea of switching. Boz originally was a bassist. I'm originally a guitarist. We decided to kind of flip back so everyone... That Joe being a permanent member, that that would become the thing. And lo and behold... Made more sense. Made yeah, more sense. and then uh, we started to write... Um, early cool. in 2015, we started writing the songs that would end up on Cultural Divide. Cultural Divide, yeah. Yeah, and then we recorded that about a year later, and that's really when we started touring and, and started becoming serious. Like, um, Not that we weren't serious a year or two before that, but it, that's when things really just started to be more tangible. As right. uh, you no, know, You're not just a local band. You're taking that next yeah. step into trying to tour and buying a van and a trailer and like, hey, let's go see what's out there. So it's like you've been drafted now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, a little bit. To continue like, that analogy. Well, yeah. we knew at one point, and it is weird how like, you know, that's a long story of how we found each other. That's really weird. That doesn't happen. But we're we're all kind of like, I don't know, a little bit existential, big picture type people. I don't know how you want to frame that or put that, but we we saw that like, man, this kind of like is happening, like, and we don't know how, but it's a sign, like some kind of a sign. Like, how did we meet each other? Why did this happen like this? But we'd be really foolish not to give it a serious try, not to pursue it, pursue yeah. it at the time. And we just we grew into our own, like, kind of with what you hear today. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so now here we are. It's 2018, almost 2019. You've That's been at crazy. it for a few years, yeah. and um, can you comment comment on? Um, on, on your your music and like your creative process um, one of the one of the things that I really like about your your band is is your like just the this um, soft loud dynamic right that's like, a cool way of you know it. you know what I mean like you'll put on one of your tracks and it's like Oh, starting off acoustic, sounding good. Oh, and there it is. Like, <laughs> oh, people weren't expecting that. Yeah. Um, that's, we, we always kind of try to go for just really mixing it up. It's, uh, it mainly just stems from the fact that all five of us individually have pretty vastly different music tastes. But at the same time, there are some bands that we all just mutually love so much. And, um, and agree on and, yeah, and, and love. Yeah. We kind of decided when we uh, wanted to, when we really formulate the sound we were going to go for before we recorded Cultural Divide, that we just kind of wanted to try to do something new, something unique and original, and mix all of our favorite parts of all of our favorite genres as best we could into a cohesive type of sound. And um, yeah, it... it took definitely some trial and error but um it, it really comes from like uh scott and myself our drummer um come from the more technical proggy metal background right and harry and boz grew up playing more pop punk and stuff like that and i'd like to think that like if you really listen to our music you can see the influences of both metal pop punk emo 100 percent yeah, you know, yeah. So. it's uh it was always important no matter what we did we didn't try to be like anybody else and I think even from day one as a musician, like before we all even met each other, like I, in a weird way, we kind of, I think, all knew that's how we all were. We never wanted to be the band following the great band of the time. We wanted to be the band trying to do something that is special, right. that's unique. And I'm not saying that we're more special, more unique than anybody else, but I, I think there's something to be said with why not, why, why give yourself boundaries why cut yourself off? And we've we've had to almost pull the reins back a little yeah. right. from, from testing the waters too much. Yeah, it's true. But we're very, very, very inclined to just nobody's doing this. Why? And we we all have these mindsets that coincide. We we joke we're we're Megazord, like if you know Power Rangers, like Megazord. <laughs> five units. It's like the together. five units coming together to make like not that like you know. Uh, it, it's like this amazing, like like a magazine, like, oh, we're a machine, we're going to beat you up. It's just like without one piece, the band isn't exactly work. what you hear. Yeah. A we, tapestry, so to speak. A tapestry. You know? We're very much a band that every single person contributes yeah. such a unique perspective, such a important role in the band that Capstan is truly like five 
people creating a product and not just one person doing everything. Right. And and we with really, like with like you know one guy with them like four other guys in the background. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, when you, you have know. drones essentially and surrounded yeah. by a, and it yeah. goes way past just the writing of the music. It's it's the lyrics and the art and the 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 social media and the way we want to befriend people and just on down the line like everybody plays such a vital you know aspect and makes capstan kind of something i feel like people can't put their finger on yes and which we want we we want to keep you guessing that's part of like what we love about music that we listen to yeah so yeah because then you don't box yourself in right never man we never want to do that that's the goal yeah so but i would think that um i would think that you've been well received as the opener on on this tour with Silverstein, is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like although we are quite a bit different from a lot of these bands, I feel like we have, share a lot of common elements that people really relate to on this tour. And uh, yeah, every city we've played so far, we have had a decently, almost even overwhelming response. There are always people who come up to us at the end of the night and want to talk to us and are just like, hey, I've never heard of your fucking band before, but we thought you were awesome. And uh, right. that's always a great feeling, you know? And uh, yeah. And and talk about the experience. Like, this is God of... You guys did Warp Tour in 2018, the final one. Yeah. Um, but this has got to be one of the biggest tours that you've been on Absolutely. thus far, right? So talk about the... How is the experience the same and how is it different um, vis-a-vis playing, like local shows or short regional runs or you know what i mean we uh capstan in our local scene being from different areas it's really funny when you try to form a band in a local scene when everybody's not from that local scene it's actually (laughs) kind of hard because you always had friends like well we grew up let's say like high school friends they'd come to your shows and that would grow outward into the local high school friends yada yada yeah well we all settled in Orlando and the thing that really like started to I don't know endear us to those people or bring those connections on a ground level was a house we had called the Capstan House of course uh, where we all lived and we threw a bunch of shows there we had and a lot of bands come through in that era, 2013, 2014. Seaway played there. We nice. had the Swellers, the Swellers there. in her own words. Um, um, like bands it, it that was are... great. It, was, it even became kind of a well-known venue in Orlando. Even. Yep. Like, we had bands that would go on tour and be like, hey, we can were we a play hotel. the Capstan House? Or, yeah, and we'd always we, host We would just people. always house them even if they weren't playing there. And long story short, what my point of, I guess, laying that out was is that while meeting all these bands, while making all these friends locally and abroad that were traveling and we were helping them stay, we really got a lot of firsthand experience about the road and about things that ah. were going on and like and like how you handle yourself and and what to look at like when you're like we talked about like we just signed to Fearless and like everything has led up to a point where like it's really been very seamless for us right because you've had that experience yeah it's been very natural like nothing has been too foreign for us i mean you go from playing and we take it we say it we said it today and it's kind of a joke but it it doesn't matter if we're playing in front of two or twenty thousand people we take the same approach we just think you kind of get better at doing it after you do it so long it's like practicing something you're gonna continue to get better well now we're playing in front of all these people and we're getting better at playing in front of all these people right you know now we're doing it now it's like but it's the same as us playing in our house shows absolutely yeah we're trying to endear ourselves to these people randoms friends and and let's let's be friends let's talk music let's share a beer let's have fun honestly that was that i mean this was the first time i've seen you play because i missed you at warp tour um we were chatting about that earlier as a canadian uh you overlapped with some 41 yeah, at work yeah. tours so and <laughs> that was the only show that some Toronto, 41 yeah. played so as a uh, canadian i had to i had to watch some 41 but i'm sure it was great yeah, oh, yeah. No, it <laughs> i would have rather awesome. been watching some 41 it, it was well, good so. but i finally got to see your band play tonight and i and i must say that i would i, I would echo that i was watching your band and i was thinking like this is this is a band that could be playing a house show but is just doing it now on a bigger stage. Yeah, dude. That was the that was the feel. That was the vibe of of your of your A little set. less reckless than we were. <laughs> Absolutely. At those, at those times, <laughs> you've got to be a little yeah. more polished. But we try to have just as much fun. So, fair enough. <laughs> we want we want to put 
people a little bit through a loop where they're they're happy, they're sad, they think it's funny, they think it's <laughs> weird, like and a little bit of everything in between. Because why the heck not? That's what we are. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So and you just referenced your recent uh, signing to. Fearless Records, where you've got a great Fearless Records hoodie there. <laughs> Feels and great, man. Free swag. We love and, it. And uh, so you're now um, on a label alongside bands like Grayscale and Real Friends yeah. and a number of well-known acts within... That are right on know, the, that top of that curve right now, you know? Absolutely. And so how did, how did that happen? How did, uh, did, did you guys put out demos? Did they come to you? It's kind of how did funny. It, tell um, me that story, wow. how signing to Fearless happened for Capstan. Basically, honestly, Fearless Records kind of came out of nowhere. They were not one of the labels that we were initially talking that to we were being as the by. buzz came yeah. up around us. Um, and yeah, they just kind of, like I said, came out of nowhere with a really good offer, uh, an offer that no other record label had been even close to you know comparable to and so we kind of just had to go with it because first of all it is like the dream label because i mean just roster wise you know it's and, undeniable and the longevity of the roster we were talking about those modern bands but fearless has been uh, arguably top three in this like vein of music since they became probably oh, yeah. for like, a long time when for, i for when i was on time. the come up i mean th- this label's been around forever forever yeah and, and for us adding to what Joe said about like you know the offer and stuff like when they 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 throw this stuff at you it's like okay wow this is a lot and and this is more serious than we've had exactly an experience with so far like this is how much you believe in our band but i think most specifically better late than never but the people we made the connection with in fearless right off the bat was like it, it, it just set them apart and the people that number one across the board believed in having Capstan creatively for exactly what we want to be and not trying to pigeonhole or form us into something else they want us to have our creative control to to they, they believe in the the vision of Capstan right and that was everything and more than we needed to hear yeah, yeah what I'm hearing is you have creative Freedom. Exactly. Freedom. They told us from the get-go, and that was honestly the biggest, most important thing for all of us, is that we were like, we want to write the music that we're writing, and we don't want to be really told, like, what what kind of box we have to, to like, fit into. like, a different into. standard, and like, you know? They were like, from the start, yeah, absolutely, we like Capstan, we want you to be yourself. We don't just so. like this one record, or yeah. this one song, like, we love your progression. Can we see you keep going with it? Yeah. And well, you that- hear that, and you're like... Wow. That's awesome. And that actually leads into my next question, right, as Silverstein has, <laughs> begun, Cue it up, baby. has begun their set. Um, so now you're on Fearless. you progress to this point. What is next? What's next for Capstan? Oh, man. Um, we record a full length uh, when we get home at the end of the second leg of this tour uh, in March. Hopefully late summer, early fall, that'll be out. And uh, we've never been more excited. Uh, we're going to be recording with Andrew Wade, who did our single. And, and then um, he's done a day to remember, Wage War, you know, some of the heavier bands, but he's right in our backyard in Orlando. Awesome. So we're going to go spend, uh, we're going to spend a month with him and we're going to uh, roll out the best Capstan songs yet. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, thank you both so much for taking some time here with Spinning Thoughts. And uh, just before we wrap, uh, do you guys have anything uh, else to add? Uh, well, if you're on Spinning Thoughts and you hear this, you know, find our socials and tell us this is where you heard about us from because we want to we want to know hey oh we heard you guys and you guys seem like cool people or whatever there you go and i'm very curious to see who contacts us through spinning thoughts awesome (laughs) awesome well now now is the time then to mention that uh, just this week just uh two days ago something like that uh spinning thoughts just dropped on spotify every episode is now available um, we're oh, really, cool. we're, awesome. we're really stoked on that. We're also on all of the other uh, podcast platforms, so check out all of the 150 plus episodes. And uh, thank you guys for your time. Thank you to uh, Edie and Jameson and everybody at uh, Summer Camp Productions for putting on six shows. And uh, until uh, next time, we'll share music and spread love. love thank it, you man. so much. Thanks for having us, dude.
Thanks, guys. Share music, spread love. Let's all say that as much as we can here in 2019. And thank you to Capstan for sitting down with Dan again at London Music Hall in London, Ontario. They were in support of the 15-year anniversary tour for Silverstein's debut album, Capstan. They're from Orlando, Florida, as Dan uh, and the band talked about. Recently, they signed to Fearless Records. Congratulations, by the way. Uh, really, really what an accomplishment. I, I, I can't even imagine. Uh, one of these days when Spinning Thoughts uh, gets picked up by a record label, Maybe I will be able to share in that knowledge. They have a new single. It dropped uh, November the 8th, way back in 2018. It's called Stars Before the Sun. And uh, a really, really amazing EP that's about to celebrate its first birthday on, I want to say, January the 12th. uh, Titled In the Wake of Our Discord. Capstan, we appreciate you. And thanks for being on Spinning Thoughts. We have premiere episodes every single Thursday at midnight Eastern on Adobe Radio. Those episodes become available on all podcast platforms the following Monday. We're on Twitter at Spin Thoughts, and our website is thespinningthoughts.com. Yes, I do say all of that in my sleep. We are here with Capstan and Hawthorne Heights. Uh, you know, in essence, Dan sat down with the band's Uh, at their performance at London Music Hall in London, Ontario, in support of Silverstein and their 15-year anniversary tour for their debut album. We've heard from Capstan, and now we're going to hear from Hawthorne Heights. Everybody, enjoy. Hello, hello, Dan Boyer, Canadian contributor for Spinning Thoughts, and I am here with Mark from Hawthorne Heights. What's going on? Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Good, good. So you guys are just ending the first leg of um, the Silverstein 15-year anniversary tour for When Broken is Easily Fixed. And there are like three shows left? Yeah, there's three shows. We're in Montreal tomorrow and then two in Toronto. And I, I believe tomorrow's sold out and the first Toronto is sold out. And they're saying tickets are going fast for the second one, so we think that's going to sell out too. Nice. So, yeah, it's been good. That's awesome. It's been a great tour, man. We uh, we love those guys. We've we toured so much with them back in the day, and um, we've remained good friends. And they actually were the first band to take Hawthorne Heights out on a real tour, and uh, we returned the favor later. And just uh, but we haven't done a proper like club tour together in over a decade so right. we've done like warp tour together and lots of festivals and kind of met up all over the world on fests and stuff but uh it's been really cool to go out for like a long long stretch again together yeah so it's sort of like coming back to your roots as it were. yeah absolutely for both of us yeah. right right and there's a second leg to this tour in the new year are you guys on that as well or yeah is we are as okay? well yeah this this tour sold really well early on and they they uh they approached us about doing adding more dates, and we said, "Yeah, absolutely." Like, right. We were like, "Just let us go home for Christmas for right. two weeks, and then we'll we'll come out." Yeah, get back at it. Nice. Yeah. So, so that second leg, this will air <laughs> um, probably uh, after Christmas. So, when people are listening to it, you'll be on that second leg. Cool. Where Where does that second leg run? Do you have a sense um, of that? We we just finished uh, a month and a half in Europe before this. Like we had one day off between this, so uh, my brain's like about two days ahead at all times right okay. now. Yeah, um, yeah. But I know we do a lot of Canada on that run. Uh, all the dates are up at HawthorneHeights.com. I know it starts it starts in Canada, um, and I believe it starts on the 9th of January. So right um, in Eastern Canada for that. So yeah, nice, nice. So um, and when did you join? Hawthorne Heights. Uh, this is my ninth year in the band. Uh, our drummer, Chris Popadak, and I play in a band called The Story Changes that we've played in for years. We actually played um, Hawthorne's album release party for the first record for The Silence in Black and White, and uh, I've known those guys for years, and um, um, all the members, like, you know, the past and present are really good friends of mine, just kind of growing up playing music together in, in our small scene. Like, where we're from is not a big town at all. Right. Um, and uh, I, I came in uh, and started playing guitar, and it just kind of worked out well. Went from and here there. we are nine years later. Yeah. Right, right. So you're also from Dayton, yeah. Ohio. Yeah. Okay, and you would have known Hawthorne Heights as they began in the early 
2000s. Yeah, we both, um, as far as like the kind of the indie punk, emo, whatever scene, uh, our band and their band, and particularly the band that my band started out from and evolved into that band, and Hawthorne started out, uh, some of the guys in a band called A Day in the Life that evolved into Hawthorne, and we all played so many shows together, and we were really kind of... Like, a lot of bands were playing shows and stuff, but we were kind of the two bands that were getting out and touring and doing it, you know, right. and uh, always had a lot of respect for each other. And sure. It, you know, it worked out cool that time flies, man. Here we are. Yeah. That many yeah, years I mean, later. You I know. mean, that's that's kind of leads into my next question, which is, what is the experience like um, for artists that have been longstanding um you know, I mean, you just played a bunch of songs from 2004 and onwards. Yeah. And kids were, like, still super into it, right? Yeah, it's cool. So talk to me about that that experience. What is um, what is that like? It's great. I mean, it's the best feeling in the world. I mean, we've, you know, everybody in the band came up from, uh, not to get too, like, sappy about it, but all of us, none of us came up from a lot of money or anything, and we're, you know, there's you certainly don't get rich playing music um but to be able to support ourselves you know this is the uh 15th or 16th year of the band and like this is all we've been doing you know yeah. all this so like to be able to go all over the world and still um you know just just hustle and play music for a living and and work hard and it's you know all of us came up like i worked construction before the bands kind of blew up you know mm-hmm. and uh you know, a lot of the other guys worked retail and stuff. So, like, uh, to be able to do this is the dream. And, like, uh, when we play, the, you know, those old songs and everyone sings them back, it's, like, it, it's a great feeling. You know? Yeah. And, like, we, even the new songs, it's been it's been awesome. We just put out a record um, this year on Pure Noise, and we've been releasing music steadily, you know, every you know, a new record every couple of years since we started. But um, I feel like there's, like, such a cool resurgence in the scene in general Absolutely. for, like, what we do. and yep. um there is and uh, you know we've been very fortunate we've been able to still sell enough records over the years and make it you know a great living and traveling and going all over the world doing it but like with this record it's like it's like wow it's really cool to see that many people like embracing it again and embracing the scene in general and yeah uh, and coming out and uh, particularly on this tour like we're playing we're playing a good mix of old songs and then some songs from like the middle years and then uh a few songs from the new record and it's really cool to look out and see so many people sing along to the new record songs too absolutely you know, after yeah. being a band this long you, you just you, after being a band this long that had like a lot of success on their first two records you kind of get used to like everybody wants to hear the old stuff you know and like mm-hmm. we know that so we always try to play that but sure. it's it's super rewarding this far into our career to see so many people singing along and excited for the new songs yeah yeah I'm interested to know like from your perspective how is your new material received by the fans who were there at the beginning and then vice versa? Like, do you, do you have instances where there are kids that actually have discovered your band because one of the we, newer records we and, do, then, and, and then discover and, uh, the old records? Like, what's that? Well, Can you comment on that? Yeah, and, and what that and experience a, is like? And kind of related, you know, it's uh, because we put out so much music, it's hard for us now to write the set list even on a headlining show because we have several records out and a few EPs and you always want to play like old staples and you want to play some new songs and then we're like well what about these like six releases in the middle you know um, and a lot of times those get forgotten because you want to play the classics and then support the new record and we do get people that kind of like um, like we, we put out a record on uh, shoot I think it was 2010 called Skeletons yeah Skeletons it's one man, of the slickest yeah. one of the slickest productions we've ever done like it, it 100% was, I uh, love that record I, yeah I, I love that record a lot and um, uh, I know we gained a lot of new fans on that for that you know and uh, and that record was a lot um, a little less heavier and stuff so like a lot of those fans came in and we were like well, are they gonna like want to hear some of the screamy older stuff and then you have those people but I think everyone just kind of like checked out the whole catalog now and are cool yeah, with it you yes. know nice Lastly, then, uh, what um, what is your experience of touring now versus touring back in the day? Um, uh, we always joke that when we started touring, uh, you would leave with a giant printed out MapQuest directions, and then you would um, you would leave with. Uh, um, a, a giant spindle of CDs for the van. You know, you have all these things aside from your suitcase, and now you literally have it all on your smartphone. Yeah, you have map. You know, you have you have your Apple directions or whatever you use, and then your uh, 
all your music on your phone. But um, that's the biggest change, the technology. Like, um, you know, the first time we went to Europe and stuff, like, I remember, like, trying to, like, get a hold of my parents or my girlfriend and, like, at the time. And, like, it, you know, you just get used to not talking to anybody because you're over there. And now it's, like, with Skype and FaceTime and... Um, All these even, technological advances. Even it was like, this is, you know, it's so cheap to... Uh, you know, put a European SIM card in your phone. And Absolutely. all of a sudden, all of a sudden yeah. it's now I'm like, I'm using my phone in Europe for a month, you know? Yeah, so yeah. Uh, it makes it so much easier and it's uh, way more enjoyable. We always enjoyed what we did, have done, but now with all of us getting a little older and married and a couple of the guys have kids, it's like, that's, that's a big change too. It's, it's, you know, it's harder to be gone so long, but this is what we do for a living and what we love to do. So, you know, we make it work and, uh, and, it's it's a lot easier now with the technology to yeah. kind of stay in touch with home. For sure, for sure, yeah. awesome. Well, uh, my personal hope, having been there since the beginning, since 2004 or whatever it was, is that uh, you guys, Hawthorne Heights, will be able to continue your career. And uh, just as we wrap things up, is there any last things you'd like to add? No, everybody, just check out the new record. It's called Bad Frequencies. It came out this year on Pure Noise Records, and. We're kind of winding down the touring cycle for that. We've we've kind of went all over this year, last year and a half for it. But um, check it out. Uh, there are a bunch of songs you can stream at HawthorneHeights.com, and uh, we hope to see you on tour soon. Awesome. Well, thank you for taking some time with Spinning Thoughts. Thank you to Edie and Jameson and Summer Camp Productions, who put on six shows here in London, Ontario. Until next time, we'll share music and spread love. There you go. That was Dan's conversation with Mark from Hawthorne Heights. Thank you so much for sitting down and having uh, the awesome conversation. I've been a big fan of Hawthorne Heights for quite some time. I also was a very big fan of the album Bad Frequencies. It dropped April the 27th via Pure Noise Records. And uh, this tour with Silverstein again, the capstan Hawthorne Heights as cities burn. Uh, from what I understand, I guess there's another leg that's happening here in January. Uh, check all them out on the socials. And if there is uh, any other dates left by the time you're hearing this episode, it might be wise to go and check them out. So there you go. This was episode 159, the first of 2019 you know you got to get them legs back underneath you them podcasting legs i'll tell you you know i wasn't working out the voice over the holidays i wonder does it sound good does my voice (laughs) sound good is this like with those asmr i have no clue somebody had to show me what that was the other day those asmr videos fuck i'm getting off the rails here it's 2019 who gives a shitless party Everybody, I'm stoked that you were here, and I really just want to have a fun, uh, creative, engaging, diverse 2019. The only way we can do this is if we do it together. Hit us up on Twitter, at SpinThoughts. Our website is thespinningthoughts.com, and we have premiere episodes every single Thursday at midnight Eastern on Adobe Radio. Those episodes become available on all podcast platforms the following Monday, including Spotify. Please go follow, subscribe, tell a friend. We're going to be here again next week with actually two more interviews uh, that Dan was kind enough to go and, uh, you know, have those conversations for us here at Spinning Thoughts. We'll tell you all about it next week. Until then, everybody, make sure you share music, spread love. Let's roll again.